Well, good afternoon, everybody. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, our last show before Christmas, but we still have got one before New Year, so hang tight. It's going to be a fantastic show. I'm very excited. Episode 133, and we're going to be chatting all about the business of love. What does romance look like nowadays? with Claudia Neil Shaw. How are you, Claudia? I'm really well, Des. Thanks for having me. Ah, thank you for coming on the show. I'm super excited to get into this with you. Me too. Now, Claudia Neil Shaw is an ex-criminal defence lawyer turned wedding celebrant who is on a mission to redefine romance for millennial couples. With a background in communications and law, Claudia believed that power of storytelling and ceremony is the key to celebrating love in a fun, modern and meaningful way. In her spare time, you'll find her walking, swimming and drinking coffee at the beach every day. So, Claudia, welcome again to the show. Really great to have you here. Thanks, Daz. Great to be here. Nice. It's always funny hearing your bio read back to you. You think, oh, yeah, that is me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me. Absolutely. <laughs> so now I, we've got to hear your story. Ex-criminal defence lawyer turned wedding celebrant. Tell us how this happened. When I left school, um, I really kind of had two uh, career paths. I either wanted to be an actress or a lawyer. And I left school, I auditioned for some performing arts schools. I put my application into law school. Law school said yes first. Um, And I began that journey um, also with a communications degree. So there was that nice pairing of the two. And I found that, you know, kind of in my... um, work experience and my, you know, the education I was undertaking, you're really trying to find your way in those kind of late teens, early twenties. Yep. You're not actually sure of what you want to do. You don't have much life experience to compare yep. it to, um, but you're just trying to navigate. And my, you know, primary experience with law was working for a criminal defense barrister, which is really interesting work, interesting cases, yep. uh, lots of different people you're getting familiar with. Um, you know, the legal system and going to court. And in that, you know, few years that I was doing that work experience, I really said, okay, this is the path I want to take. Um, And it wasn't actually until I finally got admitted as a lawyer that I suddenly said, oh my goodness, I'm not actually sure that this is going to be the thing that's going to bring me that joy. And Um, and what was it exactly? Do you remember what kind of... Made you I make think that once you have the uh, the taste of other things in life, and I think because I was I was doing law, I was still pursuing some communications work. I had all these other varied interests. Once you have a taste for the other things, you think, "Gosh, it's it's like that FOMO, that fear of missing out." You're thinking, <laughs> "Oh my god, if I choose this one legal path, yep. am I going to miss out on all the other things that you really have that joy for?" And I just found that. I really had to ask myself and say, am I going to be happy waking up every morning knowing that this is going to be my job for the rest of my life? And in short, no was the answer. No was the answer. And so then what brought you into work as a wedding celebrant? I think lots of people um, say like it's quite a weird pairing, but for me it was very, it's a very natural transition. You have the legal side of marrying people, so that understanding of law and um, that binding nature of making an agreement. And then you have that storytelling, performing, public speaking. And so um, my partner at the time, my current partner, um, 
he's Italian. We were going to a lot of weddings and we went to a wedding of a friend of mine that had a young celebrant there. And it really, um, I guess, gave me that idea that marriage can be something that can be approached from that millennial perspective rather than super traditional, one size fits all, here you go, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you're married. Fantastic. So it sounds like you have a slightly different spin on the role of a celebrant, which we'll get to a bit later on. Yeah, no, de- I definitely do. And that's part of why I do what I do. Okay, fantastic. So let's kind of take a step back and just kind of think, go high level for a second and talk about marriage and love. I mean, what does marriage mean these days? You know, the, the, you know, the idea of marriage is very different maybe these days than it was generations ago. What's your take on that? When I think about what marriage means to me personally versus what it might mean to my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation, there is this different sense of, okay, well, in a traditional format, marriage was very much part of that process of, um, you know, you are born, you go through childhood, you go to school, you get a job, um, you get married, you buy the house, you have the babies, all of the things. Yep. Um, and I think that as you know, marriage has transcended time, people still want to take part in it, but I do believe that they're getting something different from it. And so from a, um, I think, a, probably a more traditional generation, I think it comes down to that stability, that um, belief in you know, building a house and a home together and... Um, a life where you can rely on each other. I do believe that that has come through to the millennial generations, Mm -hmm. but there is more of a focus on saying we can make active choices of who we want to marry or who we want to be in a relationship with. And so people are really weighing up and saying, well, if I'm in a loving, committed relationship, do I even need to get married? What's it actually going to give me? So I just think there's more of that... um, that active decision-making in it in the same way that we actively choose to buy a house, start a business, um, you know, travel overseas. I think it's becoming more, um, more, yeah, just more of a choice rather than an expectation. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point. So then what are some of the things that you hear as to why people decide, yes, we're going to get married or no, we're not? The best things I hear are from couples who ask me to be their celebrant and say, we never thought we'd get married. That's, and I always ask them, well, why? What was, you know, what was that thought process like? And more often than not, these couples have been together 10, 15 years. They've had all these formative experiences together that haven't necessarily required them to get married. They might have even had or kids. Or they didn't value it. Totally. They've had kids. They've travelled overseas. They're having all of these amazing experiences together. And then something down the line starts a conversation, you know, a, a conversation sparks where they say, well, actually, maybe we do want to think about getting married. And there's kind of two things or two reasons, I think, why that happens. Good. The first one is they say, well, we can get married, but we can do it our own way. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be traditional. We don't have to do the big white wedding in the church. We can actually make this our own celebration. Yeah. So they can, they're taking something and they're putting their own spin on it, which nice. I really like. Nice. The second thing is really, um, and I speak about it a lot, is that I do think that declaring your love openly and legally for someone else um, in front of a lot of witnesses really says to the world, I love this person. And they're essentially saying there is something higher than ourselves 
in declaring that love. And I still think it has that level of open intimacy that people go, okay, this is really serious. I mean, it is serious. You're changing your legal status and, um, I still think it has that gravitas. Yeah. And you know, funny you should say that. I was actually going to ask you because but you answered the question really. You know, I mean, maybe it's the fact that, you know, after so many years together and doing everything together and having kids and, you know, building a family, they kind of feel like they owe it to each other to cement it and put a, a, put a label on it or do it in front of people and make it official in a way. Definitely. I think there still is that element of if we don't say the thing or do the thing people are going to question why we haven't done it and and you know i think that can be another conversation in itself why do we feel that need or expectation to get married um but i i do honestly believe that it is moving further and further towards that really active and conscious decision making of articulating why is it we want to do this rather than we're just doing it because we woke up one day and thought oh okay this is what we do next yeah and and that conscious choice about when and how it'll be done on our terms not you know we're not following the generation's expectations of us exactly and you're doing it in a way that's actually reflective of the two people wanting to get married and not something that they go and stand up and they feel awkward or too formal and it doesn't feel like them because then you lose that authenticity. It's really, it's down to that. Um, it is that true reflection of who those two people are. Love it. Beautiful. And so, I mean, where do you see people are meeting each other these days? Where are they finding love? Is it dating apps more and more? Is it, you know, uh, personal referrals? Is it friends and family, common interests? I think in the world that we live in, particularly um, for the millennial generation, dating apps play a huge role in that. Um, many of my couples who come to me, the first thing I ask them, how, how did you meet? And more often than not, they have met on apps or they've met through friends. That's probably the second most common. But what I often find is, particularly in somewhere like Sydney, such a small place. Yeah. So even though you're meeting someone on an app, more often than not, you're then just connecting the dots for who else you know around them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it is that movement and, and really sitting in the app space, especially during COVID. I mean, how else are you going to meet people? Yeah, absolutely, these days. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard. And I think that that accessibility to something like um, a dating app, but then again, back to that active decision-making and saying, mm. okay, well, if I'm going to use these apps, um, am I genuinely looking for someone that I have a connection with and then can I take it offline and kind of pursue that more traditional form of face-to-face dating, courting, all of yeah, the fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. The app is just a way to introduce. It's the initial part of the process. The rest it's of the it vehicle. still has to continue. It's the vehicle. Yep. Exactly. And the sooner we can move it, I think, from the dating app into real life, yep. that's where I see people having those successful interactions and relationships. Whereas mm-hmm. when it's always online, it's very hard to get that again, that sense of authenticity. You must have heard some incredible stories of how people have met each other. And I'm going to touch on that a bit later on because I'd love to give nice. you some, uh, some examples of that. which would be I've got many. <laughs> some crackers. So now in terms of what you do, you know, maybe for the people out there who have never heard of what a wedding celebrant does or never used a wedding celebrant, tell us a bit more about exactly what your role is and why should people use you? There's two main purposes um, that a wedding celebrant 
um, fulfills. And the way that I like to um, give an example is I say to people, you know, what kind of weddings have you been to before? And more often than not, um, we've probably all been to a church wedding uh, where we went in and there were the two sides and yeah. um, there was the couple and the priest or the minister up the front. And that's that very traditional sense um, of a wedding. A celebrant um, does two things. The first is that legal side, whereas they take care of um, all of the legal paperwork in regards to making it known that these two people intend to get married, making right. sure they are who they say they are, checking all their ID, that they're not already married to someone else. Right. Um, and that's, you know, all above board. And then on the actual day of the ceremony, it's all of that fun stuff, signing the wedding certificates, having all um, two witnesses there. And so the purpose of the celebrant is to take away that stress from the couple. So all the couple needs to do is follow the guide from the celebrant in terms of this is how we do it legally. And then the second part of it is that really fun creative side of putting something together that truly reflects who a couple is. So whether they want a very low-key beach, you know, coastal elopement or they want the massive big white wedding, um, you know, in a beautiful ballroom in the city, yep. it's very much about saying to these two people, who are you and who are you together? You know, two individuals coming together as a couple and how can we make that super meaningful and reflective of them. I like that. So in other words, it's interesting because you have wedding celebrants, but yes. you also have wedding planners. Are you the type of wedding celebrant that's almost like a wedding planner as well? Or do you partner with wedding planners at the same time? I tend to partner with wedding planners because they are very much the people who are on the ground making stuff happen. They are connecting the couple with the right suppliers. They are putting together run sheets. They are sourcing all of these wonderful ideas and inspirations to create a meaningful event. So I tend to really like to work with great planners. Um, and I also like to be able to advise my couples on who they can use to have a really great outcome, whether that's a wedding planner, a florist, a photographer. So more often than not, a couple will speak to the celebrant quite early on when they might have already booked their venue. Mm -hmm. And so you then want to be able to just give them other people and other vendors who are going to suit their personalities and what they're looking for. And does it ever happen that they come to see you first and you help them actually develop the concept for the wedding and then they go to the wedding planner? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes they'll come, you know, maybe with a theme in mind or they'll ask me, what have you done with couples before? Show yeah. us examples and what then they the can beach get ideas. The horse or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As I say to people, almost anything goes. I'm, whether we've got a theme, are we riding off, you know, on llamas into the sunset? I'm pretty open as long as it's going to be fun for the couple, stress-free, and in the end that they're married to the person that they love. Gotcha. I love it. And how much work do you put in pre-work, you know, pre before you actually show up and do all that work, like in terms of, you know, making sure they are who they say they are? preparing the, the speeches, preparing the vows. Is there a lot of work that goes into that? The majority of the work does happen before the ceremony. And it's very much about, again, knowing and understanding who a couple is mm. so that you can craft a ceremony. It's very much, it's, it's almost like writing um, the love letter or the, the greatest speech of love of all time. Because for these two people, very likely it's going to be their one and only wedding, right? So you want to make it last and you want to make it meaningful. And so that pre-ceremony part is all about interviewing, getting, you're almost like speed dating with them a little bit. You want to know, you know, like the deepest 
you know, most intimate details of that. And as the celebrant, and I say it to a lot of people, there are very few jobs where you get to experience that level of intimacy with two people and hear, you know, the joys and the challenges and how they've come to be as a couple. Because more often than not, it hasn't been an easy road to get there. And I think that's the magic that you can tap into. And do you ever become the uh, marriage counsellor or relationship counsellor on the way just before the wedding? Claudia, well, help. I, I, yeah. talk to him. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes I need to give people a gentle nudge. It's really interesting. There is that element of uh, relationship education, which yeah. when you get married with the church, you have to, you know, go through, you know, marriage lessons. Whereas when you get married in the civil ceremony, it's not necessarily compulsory. Yeah. And so, you know, I think there is that opportunity there to create a platform or a forum for couples to come in and be able to have some of those conversations pre-wedding fascinating <laughs> still intrigues me how you went from ex-criminal defense lawyer to wedding celebrant fascinating it now, is it's um i mean it's definitely a different feeling um but you know the actual skill set itself pretty similar but it seems like you really love what you do and yeah, how I long do. have you actually been doing it for now it'll be two years in march two um coming march. up and so COVID has definitely um been an interesting year it, w- it yeah. would have been one of you know my biggest year so hoping to come back in 2021 firing yeah well that's actually a good question i mean what have you done this year has it been have you done any things on zoom have you done very small ones what's it been like this year so it's been interesting in terms of the actual legal um, ceremony has to take place face to face. And so for a lot of couples who had already pre-booked, they said, we want to go ahead. And um, so I've had weddings that were just the couple, myself and two witnesses in the super restricted times. And then I've had, you know, uh, weddings up to 150 people in, you know, those strange pockets. Suddenly we didn't have any restrictions then we did. So I think there's been a focus on those, smaller more meaningful kind of boutique style weddings and then people are really trying to say okay well we've seen now other people do it in this format what can we now change about the future of our wedding because people are can sometimes be a a bit hung up on those traditions or expectations and COVID's actually given them an opportunity to say you know what we've got an excuse now we don't need to do it Exactly. We don't have to do what everybody else has done or what everybody else expects us to do. We exactly. Do it, as you said earlier, our way even more now. We can really Best do Best opportunity way. ever. Yeah. And so what do you think is going to happen in the future? Like I'll, I'll use the word, two words, post-COVID in inverted commas because, you know, who knows what post-COVID actually means. But how do you think that's going to start to change in the next year or two? I think for a post-COVID wedding, it's going to be that focus on saying, what are our priorities as a couple? And more often than not, our priority is in the end when they're getting married to actually get married to the person that they love. Um, But it's really about articulating, okay, what are the things that are important to us? And I often say to couples, choose three things that are non-negotiable for them on the day. So a non-negotiable might be having all of my family there present with me. Another non-negotiable might be I want a beachside location. And so really articulating these things early on and then being pretty, you know, strict with them and saying, okay, well, this is what we agreed on. And because these are the things that, you know, bring us joy. So I think, again, coming back to that active decision-making and being released from those expectations, I do think there will be 
more of a focus on weekday weddings, you know, the Wednesday, mm. Thursday. I, I, I think I've got a Monday booked wow. for next year because right. people are saying, okay, well, you know what, we can do things a little bit differently yeah. and we can ask our guests to take a day off work and to really enjoy that experience yeah. with us. So I'm interested to see how that continues to flourish because people are just taking the bull by the horns and saying yeah. we're doing it our way. And have you started getting a lot of bookings already for next year? I have a lot of postponed weddings that were pre-booked for next year. And then I'm really finding in this period from kind of October through to February, it's that peak engagement season. And that's really our busiest time of year in terms of inquiries and then booking them in for 2021, 2022, had one for 2023. It's it's getting there. It's busy. Right. So October to February is the peak engagement season, is it? Because think about it. Christmas, New Year, Valentine's Day, summertime in Australia. You really, you know, a lot of those milestone moments are happening when people are relaxed on holiday around celebration time. I like it. First half of the year is kind of put to bed. You're settled with work. You're settled with your life. And then you you have some fun. Exactly. And then, you know, more often than not, people want to propose and then start that planning in the new year and, um, you know, be able to look at venues and speak to suppliers when they're on holiday. So nice time to do it. So tell us some stories. I would love to hear some of your craziest um, and most beautiful wedding stories and and wedding celebrant stories. Feel free to share with us whatever you'd like to share. In terms of crazy, you know, it is is a question I get asked a lot. Um, I've been really thankful that the majority of my couple's have been absolutely beautiful, beautiful, relaxed, in it for the right reasons. When you're a celebrant, really you're preparing for any possible outcome on yeah. the day, whether nothing it's is, crazy. Nothing is nothing is yeah. you. Yep. Exactly. We can do it. We can do it. No totally. You want totally. a parachute? We can do it. <laughs> Helicopter entrance? No problem. Yep. I mean, I think, I think one of the funniest... And probably nerve-wracking experiences was a wedding I did in Centennial Park where I arrived and as soon as I got out of the car, a bird pooed all through my hair. <laughs> I walked to the ceremony. Oh, my PA system died. Oh, no. It was so windy. There were papers flying everywhere. And it was really one of those moments where you say, okay, I can either crumble in this experience when I'm on show in front of 200 people or I can just adapt Um and ensure that the couple gets married and they're actually having a good time themselves. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's very much that you, you've just got to take everything with a grain of salt. And then I've had other amazing experiences where, you know, the couple did have llamas walk with them down the aisle and, you know, it's it, people are really getting creative in the ways that they want to make a mark and incorporate really fun and exciting things on their wedding day. Wow. And, and, and there've been many, experiences where it's been really stressful or most of the time it's been pretty nice and calm and majority of the time it is it's pretty organized but again there is always that element of disorganization and stress there are a lot of factors and people and expectations you're trying to manage and particularly being the celebrant when you're front and center and people are looking to you for guidance and how the, the, you know, the day is going to unfold, you've got to be super prepared to be on the fly and things do happen last minute. And I think just having, I have a personality that's pretty adaptable to that or I've learned to be pretty adaptable to that. Yeah. Um, 
you've just got to roll with the punches, I think. Wow. And so what did you do when you had your whole uh, outfit ruined? Did you just grab a tablecloth and put it around you? Or what did you do? I did my best to get what I could out of my hair. And But truly, that was the first thing that happened to me when I arrived at that wedding. And I said, this is not going to shake me. I'll wipe it all out and I'll just get on with the job. And um, thankfully, it didn't show up in the photos. So <laughs> we were okay. Photoshop's yeah, an amazing thing. Super Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> My hair was the right colour for it, so love it. no problem. Well done, Claudia. And what about, I mean, what was your most touching story or touching wedding? If there was one wedding that really stands out in your mind and say, wow, that was just beautiful. Anything particular? I think it was probably, probably my first ever wedding that oh, I did, nice, which nice, was nice. for um, a girl that I knew um, really well and she was lovely and um, after, you know, many years, she found her beautiful now husband. And I think there was something in that, um, again, that intimacy of being part of two people's lives. It was also an Easter Sunday. And so there was this, you know, it was a, it was a beautiful weekend. The weather was great. It was these two people coming together. And my first time delivering for it, it just felt so natural. Yeah. And I felt so connected to them both and to their guests. And that's when yes. I really knew that it was my... This was my space. This is where I needed to be. You weren't very nervous first time? I don't think so. Someone asked me this the other day, do you ever get nervous? And I think, you know, I've done a lot of public speaking in, in my life and I think there is that element of adrenaline for sure yeah. because... It's kind of a rush would, as well. Oh, a total rush. But it's like, I don't know, I think we should call it the love rush. It's all these people <laughs> coming together for, for two other people. And I said, so I think in that sense... It is, am it is amazing, but you just use that adrenaline and you run with it because it makes it fun. I love it. How cool. And so, I mean, let's tell the audience a little bit more about your actual business, how you work, and maybe touch on how you might be different from other wedding celebrants. You know, as we, as we spoke about before, it sounds like you have a particular spin on how you like to organize things. So tell us a bit about that. So my business is called The Love Diaries. And when I started this business, I really wanted to create something or create a space for couples to be able to come and not only communicate their love story to me, but then for that to become part of their greater story in the future. And that very much is ingrained in their process, you know, in that customer journey with me. So nice. a couple's getting engaged, they reach out, they say, Claudia, we, we want to talk to you, see if you're the right fit for us. Um, and I really like that language, the right fit or the right yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, like your it. celebrant needs to be, it's, again, it's that speed dating. Great, you found your future, you know, husband or wife. Um, you know, that's been a matchmaking process. And now you need to make sure that the celebrant you choose is going to be aligned. Oh, imagine if, you know, you were a very vivacious couple and full of energy and free, and then your celebrant was very rigid and conservative. It would be a disaster. It is, and it, and it shows on the day. Yeah. There's that, um, that misalignment, and I always say to people, the best feedback that I get on wedding days is when guests come up to me and say, well, how, how long have you known the couple for? Because you must have been friends with them for ages. You know them so well. It needs to be that um, connected, I think. Totally. Yeah. Yep. So it, it is, it's that, it's that matchmaking piece. So I, I often say to people, if you feel like this is a great match, let me know. If not, completely understand. Oh, fantastic. And anything particular that, you know, you would say you do a little differently to other wedding celebrants? I think it all comes down to personality, demeanour, the way that we communicate. 
in the same way that we find friends, loved ones, family members, or have really great conversations with people. Um, I am a millennial myself. I think my approach and uh, appreciation of marriage is, you know, is different to some other people. I think each celebrant has their own unique spin. Um, And so just that young, modern, fresh approach to really making a ceremony meaningful and reflective of the couple um, and having someone who feels like a friend to guide you along the way. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, it's really about what do you want? What does the couple want? will make it work rather than you dictating what you think they should do. Exactly. Because in the end, there's no use dictating. It's like, it's like saying to any customer in a business here, here's a solution. Here it is. This should work for you. And we all know that if we don't listen and really understand the needs and the requirements of each customer or each couple, how are we actually supposed to know what they want or what they need? So true. I love it. That's fantastic. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I've, you know, I'm a photographer. I've done, I photographed a couple of small weddings and I've met some great celebrants, but it's always fascinating to hear what goes on behind the scenes and, you know, take on your perspective of things as well. And even from a photographer's perspective, again, you're you're finding that element of connection and saying, how can I really tap into that gold? And I've I've worked with many photographers um, on the day, pre, post and, Again, each photographer has their, or each supplier has their own unique um, approach. And I think there's something special in the fact that we are all the same Definitely. and that different people suit different couples or different customers. Definitely. And a lot of um, my clients would say the same thing about photographers. They have to find a photographer that fits with their style and their energy. Otherwise, and that you that like them. also ruin it. And that you like yeah. them, yeah. Otherwise, the whole thing can be a disaster as well. Exactly. You've got to have your dream team on board that you're connected with, that you feel like you're in your corner because a wedding can be stressful to plan and can be stressful on the day. You want people who are going to be on your side um, and they've got your back. Amazing. And it's amazing how many parts, how many moving parts there are to organising and executing a perfect wedding. It, it's quite, it's quite amazing. And wedding planners, you know, that you mentioned before, they have an amazing skill set that allows yeah. them to manage all of those moving parts and bring them in together, you know, together that's something super seamless. And so the couple just enjoys the day and yeah. they don't have to stress. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a tough job. I know a few wedding planners yeah. and I yeah. take my hat off to them, I tell you. Me too. Every time I give them a big clap because well they're amazing. Well <laughs> So if people want to find out about you, Claudia, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm um, on Instagram and Facebook um, at The Love Diaries. Um, and nice. I'm sure they can type my name in, Claudia Nilshaw, uh, Wedding Celebrant in Google. You'll find my website, um, any, you know, kind of articles and media I've done before. Um, always nice to connect with people and just have great conversation. Uh, sounds like you'd be a fantastic celebrant. Thank you, Daz. You know who to call. <laughs> Absolutely. You bet. <laughs> You bet. <laughs> well, Claudia, thank you so much for coming on the show. What a beautiful way to finish off, you know, just before Christmas in 2020 uh, with a lovely story and a lovely um, topic all about love and marriage and positivity and as we move into the uh, Christmas New Year period. Thank you, Daz. Appreciate it. Legend. My thank pleasure. you. So everybody out there, have a fantastic one. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Check out Claudia. I'll put all her details in the show notes and we'll see you very, very soon for one more episode before 2021. Everybody have a great day and bye for now.